Investigators. How's everybody doing today? Oh, happy Friday. I hope you guys all had a great week. Um, my week was good. It was, it was long. <laughs> um, had a nice weekend in Colorado with my oldest son, Tyler, and my granddaughter for her sixth birthday. It was amazing. I had a great time. Um, got worn out. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. Oof. <sighs> Man, it was, a, it was a lot. I, I give props to uh, her other grandma who has custody of her because she is doing a great job taking care of her. Um, for those of you who don't know, my oldest granddaughter is autistic. Um, not, she's, she's not, she's, she's high functioning. Um, she's just the sweetest girl, but she's, you know, her social skills aren't the best. So it was fun watching her at the, we went to one of those sky zone indoor trampoline places and it was, it was fun. It was fun watching her. She reminded me quite a bit of my kids <laughs> pushing people out of line, cut in front of everybody running off. Yeah. That's why my kids had those leashes. Oh yeah. My kids had a leash. I'll, tell me nothing about that boy I remember how much crap I got for that but whatever whatever I needed to do to have them not get lost or kidnapped <clears throat> and Garmin got to experience snow for the first time uh, of course it was in Vail because he's bougie and it couldn't just be any regular snow. I mean, I couldn't just take him to Flagstaff to see the snow. I mean, anybody could see that snow. He had to go to Vail. <laughs> ah, that's funny. That's David's line. I'll give him credit for that. It was good. <laughs> he's too bougie for regular snow. I love it. Um, if you guys didn't see the pictures and the videos or and the video, go on up to my Facebook page, Navigating Life with Laura and Garmin, or it's also on my Twitter, at Garmin Navigates. Um, super cute pictures. He didn't know what to think of it at, at first. It was it was quite funny. Um, so, anyways, last week I talked to you guys about service animals. I gave you um, a definition, an overview uh, I gave you some laws, um, and I'm going to, I'm going to, just in case you missed last episode or just, you know, to refresh your memory, I will, I'm going to re-give you a, some information. So, you know, please excuse me if you don't want to hear it again, fast forward it. Okay. Um, so remember the Americans with Disabilities Act is the federal law. Okay. So it doesn't matter where you are, a federal building, um, a state building, a public restaurant, wherever you are, this is a federal law. Okay. And it states, now I'm not going to read it verbatim like I did last week, but it states that a service animal is a dog. That's the only animal listed in the def definition. A service animal is a dog that is individually trained to perform specific tasks or do work that 
specifically pertains to the person's disability. So for example, a guide dog, they are individually trained. Each dog is trained on its own and then it's trained with an individual and they are trained to work and perform specific tasks. They guide, they, you know, don't let you run into the cur the tree, you know, that kind of stuff, right? So why doesn't an emotional support animal, why doesn't an emotional support dog fit under this law? Why is it not covered on this law? Well, the fact of the matter is because an emotional support dog does not perform any kind of task. It doesn't do any kind of work and it is not trained at all. It is simply your dog that brings you comfort. And that is not covered by the law. And the problem is so many companies now are so afraid to upset anyone or step on anyone's toes because of all the ridiculousness going on in the world that they just allow it without even thinking about, look, I'm sorry, that's the law says you can't bring your dog in here. Now, if it's a business that's just dog friendly, like for example, when I was in Florida, there were a, a lot of restaurants were dog friendly. They'd bring, you know, because it was a lot of outdoor seating, they'd bring your dog a bowl of water, you know, that's completely different. I'm not talking about those situations. You want to bring your emotional support dog there. You could do so all you want. Um, but it is not trained to perform any kind of tasks at all. Now, the, the update to this, which I talked about last week, is that they are now recognizing um, dogs for people with depression. Now, for that, this is what the law states. The dog has to be specifically trained to remind a person to take their medication. Now, personally, I struggle from depression. I've never had to have somebody remind me to take my medication. It's just never happened. Have I taken it? Have, have I actually, have I forgotten to take it? And then at two o'clock gone, oh shoot, I forgot to take my medication today. Yes, but that's rare. Um, I don't agree with it. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't agree with it. Now, if the dog can go get you your medicine and a bottle of water, okay. That is a specific task that that dog had to be specifically and individually trained to do. Um, so, you know, I, I don't necessarily agree with the, the depression dogs. I, you know, I get it. I do understand. I understand that as this country gets more and more liberal, um, people are going to get more and more rights, which is going to actually take away from our rights and make our lives more difficult. And nobody seems to really give a crap about that. And so, you know, I'm here to kind of change that. So, all right. So those were the, 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 um, 
the basic definitions there. Now, there are some um, little little caveats. You know, there's there's. Um, hang on one second. I'm scrolling. Sorry, I'm multitasking and it isn't working very well. All right, so you know, I just don't. Uh, Oh, yes. The other thing I did want to mention, I'm sorry, is that um, service animals are allowed anywhere that the public has allowed. Um, any government, like I said, any government building, any public building, um, anything like that. However, the, the dog has to be under control. If you, like I talked about yesterday, uh, I'm sorry, yesterday, I told you it's been a long week. Last week with the dog at Ashley Furniture lunging and growling at that baby. That is not a service animal that's under control. So even if that was a legitimate seeing eye dog, that dog should be booted X from that store permanently. And and what I she said it was a it was a I can't remember the name of the dog, but it's a it's a it's a German Shepherd type dog that the police use, and they are not people-friendly dogs. So if you're trying to tell me that you have this attack guard dog as your emotional support animal, there's something else going on. That's all I'm saying. Okay, so as with anything, there's, you know, exclusions and, you know, specific rules and and things like that, that definitely um, need to to be talked about. Um, so when it's not obvious um, what kind of a, a service the dog, the animal is providing, there's only certain questions that are allowed to be asked, okay? So um, it, it, it really, there's only two. And one is, is the dog, um, is the dog a service animal required because of a disability? Okay. That's one question they are allowed to ask. And the other question they are allowed to ask is what work or task has the dog been trained to perform? So when this girl had got hired on at Ashley Furniture with this dog, had these two questions been asked, she wouldn't have been able to answer them pr properly. Um, so, but they can't ask. Now, remember, the, they can't ask about the person's disability. Um, they can't ask for any kind of medical documentation. Um any, any kind of identification card or any documentation of anything like that. Um, but legitimate service animals, when you graduate from the training program, you do get an ide identification card. Um, and honestly, I disagree with this whole part of the law. I'm just going to be quite honest with you. I think they should be allowed to ask. If you bring in your dog and, and you tell them it's your service animal 
and and they ask you those two questions and you can't answer them, they should be allowed to ask for documentation. I'm sorry if you disagree with me, but they should be allowed to because I guarantee you a person with a fake service dog is not going to be able to answer those questions. I mean, let's let's look at this from uh, emotional support dog standpoint, standpoint, okay? Is a dog a service animal required because of a disability? Emotional support dog is not a disability. Depression is a disability. It can be a disability, especially bipolar. So, okay, that one's kind of iffy. Um, number two was what work or tasks um, has the dog been trained to perform? Uh, it lays there and lets me pet it when I'm upset. Okay. Do you have some documentation that shows that this is a certified service animal? I don't see anything wrong with that. I feel like, I feel like not allowing businesses or organizations or whatever to ask for documentation has been what has caused so much of the problems that we have now. I mean, there's no problem at the airport. They make me fill out the documentation for the Department of Transportation. So, I mean, what's the difference, right? It's 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 a slippery, slippery slope because... what's that what's that saying give them give them an inch and they'll take a mile that's that's pretty much what's going on with with a lot of these people so um so all right <laughs> here's another interesting point although i am sensitive to it allergies and a fear of dogs are not valid reasons um, for denying service or uh, refusing entry into, you know, a public place or whatever, um, or even just allowing the not allowing the service animal in himself. Um, it's not. It's not, well, here, here's an example. All right. Um, in a school or classroom, right? Or at a homeless shelter, right? They both should be accommodated by assigning, uh, yeah, assigning them, if possible, a different location within the room. So it's like, or in the facility. So like if you're over, if you're in a big gymnasium over here in the far left corner and you've got people that are scared to death of dogs, you, you can go move to the far right corner and it's still the same thing, but they cannot ask you to leave. If that makes it a little more clear, the way this is all worded, I'm reading this part word for word and it's just not worded very well. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, you know, I don't know the word I'm looking for. Sorry. Um, 
but that's that's basically what it is. They can separate. It's, it's same thing as like in a restaurant. Okay, I've had I actually have had this happen multiple times, um, where I've been seated outside because of the dog, and a lot of times it's because the waitress is afraid of the dog. Now they can't deny me. They can't say now if I insisted on sitting inside, they would have to seat me inside, but in a different section. I don't mind sitting outside though. It's nice this time of year. Um, but that's basically how that works. Um, and they never, ever are allowed to separate you from your dog, period, ever, never, ever, ever. They can never say, well, you, you gotta tie your dog up out here and then you can come inside. No, 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 no. Dog goes where you go, you're a package deal. So, they they have to make accommodations now i and i get it like especially with um the ride shares the ubers and the lifts and stuff i i understand i do but i'll tell you what i've had more people with allergies to dogs be friendly to us in their uber than i have just of people that were jerks and didn't want the dog hair so you know whatever um, I, again, like I said, they cannot be asked to, to remove the dog unless, okay, there are exceptions. This is what this section is. This, these are the exceptions. So unless the dog is out of control and the handler does not take effective action to control it, okay? So your dog always has to be under control or uh, the dog is not housebroken. So when there's a legitimate reason, right? A le that's the key word, a legitimate reason to ask the service animal to be removed. Um, staff absolutely must offer the person with the disability the opportunity uh, to obtain goods or services without the animal. Okay. So I'll give you an example. Uh, when I first got Garmin, we went to the grocery store and he barked at some dude and I, and the, one of the managers said, Hey, if he's going to do that, he's going to have to go. Absolutely. 100% within her right. Now what, uh, to take it a step further, I was with Justin at the time, so it would have been, if I had said, Justin, stand outside with Garmin, that manager would have had to have provided me with an assistant to help me do my shopping. So that's what that kind of means. They have to offer some kind of way for them to still be able to um, get their goods or services. Um, <sighs> now here's the sticky thing. This is another one that I understand. I, I do. Um, in, uh, places that sell or prepare food, they still have to permit guide dogs, even if, um, state health codes prohibit prohibit animals on the present they 
premises, excuse me, they still have to allow service animals. Um, and I believe me, I'm sensitive to that because nine times out of 10, when we go to eat, when Garmin gets out from under the table, the first thing he does is shake. And so what happens when a dog shakes? The fur goes flying off, you know? And it's, it's, it's not something that I can help, but I don't, I don't, I don't like it. And so, and that's another reason why, you know, you have to keep your dog groomed. You have to keep them brushed. You have to keep them smelling nice. Um, because, you know, they are allowed in public, but you know, come on, let's be respectful. Okay. I mean, the, the, the establishments like the restaurants and stuff, they're not allowed to separate you from other patrons. Um, you're not allowed to be charged any kind of extra fees for, you know, having an animal. Um, um, if a, if a place requires a deposit or a fee to be paid by patrons with pets has to be paid. It has to be waived for the service animal. So let's say, um, uh, the flight, a flight, you can bring your dog on a flight, but I think you have to pay like 50 bucks or whatever. You can't, they can't charge that for a service animal. Um, so you have to, you have to be able to, you know, understand that you can't be charged a fee. You can't be, um, changed seats. None of that. It just, it can't happen. But if your dog has to be left outside or whatever, for whatever reason, or, you know, aside because it's out of control, the, the staff of that establishment is not under any kind of obligation to supervise your dog. That's all on you. So if you go somewhere and, um, and, and your dog acts a fool and has to go outside, you better have somebody that can sit out there with them because nobody that works at the, that establishment is required to. Now, let's talk about miniature horses real quick. <sighs> All right, here's the word for word. All right. In addition to the provisions about service dogs, the department's ADA regulations have a separate provision about miniature horses that have been individually trained to do work or perform tasks for people with disabilities. So um, miniature horses aren't really big. They usually range in height from 30, 24 to 34 inches um, shoulder you know, from the shoulders down. And then they typically weigh between 70 and a hundred pounds, which all of that is the same as Garmin. So, <coughs> excuse me, MTDs <coughs> covered by the ADA must modify their policy policies to per permit miniature horses, um, 
where reasonable. So, I mean, really, a miniature horse is not going to be much bigger than Garmin. Um, the regulations are set out for assessment factors uh, to assistance entities in determining, determining whether miniature horses can be accommodated in their facility. Um, so the assessment factors are, so this is what you got to think about to, to see if you can accommodate in your facility, uh, a miniature horse. Okay. Um, hang on. I lost it. Okay. Uh, sorry. Okay. Whether the miniature horse is housebroken, has to be housebroken. Okay. And whether a miniature horse is under the owner's control, whether the facility can accommodate the miniature horse's type, size, and weight. And finally, whether, whether the miniature horse's presence will not compromise legitimate safety, <clears throat> excuse me, safety requirements necessary for the operation of the facility. And those are basically the same as with a service dog. You know, it's kind of like um, taking the service dog to the zoo. You can't really do that because it's not safe, you know that compromises the safety of everyone and everything in them, in the place, you know? And so I really, um, I really think that sometimes we get ahead of ourselves and we think that um, in order to be fair, we have to make blanket rules and it's just not right. It's just not. Okay, I'm I'm really sorry that grandma is extra attached to her little shih tzu, but she cannot bring him to the restaurant. I'm sorry. I, and people get mad at me and I hear the comments. You know, I'm blind, not deaf. I hear the comments. And a lot of times it takes everything I have to not snap at people. Um, because number one, don't be so judgy. Number two, you don't run the establishment. I don't care if you don't like the dog in there or not. You don't own the establishment. If you don't like it, go take your business somewhere else. And I don't mean to be a jerk to any establishments that are, you know, now, now most places I go, I don't get any problem. Really, honestly, most places I go, the most times I get problems is on the bus and in an Uber. To be quite honest, there's been a couple times at restaurants, but for the most part, I, do, I don't get problems. And well, no, not that's not true. At the airport, I get problems. But notice that the only provision made in there was for miniature horses. This does not include peacocks, does not include iguanas, does not include snakes, cats, um, guinea pigs. Pot belly pigs, uh, alligators, any of that other stuff. It doesn't. Dogs, 
and then the provision for the miniature horses that are about the same size as a dog, a guide dog, is going to be anyways. So I just want you guys to make sure you understand where I'm coming from with these laws and where it's, you know, it's hard. And I know that it's hard to understand and it's a lot to understand, um, but it's important. And I feel like people just don't take the time, you know? And so I just want to encourage you, um, if you have any, you know, if you want more information, go to um, ada.gov uh, and, you know, do a search for service animals. Um, you know, you can also even um, get information over the phone. You can call, you can call them up, right? I'm not kidding you. You can call them up, go to ada.gov and get the phone numbers because there, there are several different ones. And you can call them up and ask, hey, look, there's somebody getting, you know, there's somebody in my business right now. This is what's going on. What What can I do? And they will help you. Um, you can use them to get signs, um, you know, all kinds of stuff. And it can be a, a huge help to you in your business. And so I really encourage you to do that. Um, you know, it's, it's be informed. That's all I can say. Be informed. All right. Until next week, guys, have a wonderful weekend. Have a blessed week and, you know, be kind to others and challenge yourself to give out more compliments than complaints. It's not as easy as it may sound. Uh, we, we live in a world right now where people are full of complaints and not enough compliments. So I challenge you to, to turn the tables on that. All right, y'all. Have a great week. Toodles.